us, darling. They will kill us. To love us lesson number two. Togetherness. Till death do us part or thereabouts. Is there time before we leave? For lesson number three. Absolutely. There's no sense in getting off half-cocked. So... everybody and welcome to the night fly with your host dave juskow that's me how are you everybody and welcome to the october edition of the night fly listening to the beatles from abbey road 50 years 50 years ago they completed this killer album which i just listened to in its entirety yesterday in the car on the ride of my mother's house quite fascinating you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, I know the Beatles. I don't know them great. Apparently, I know nothing really great. You know, maybe the Six Million Dollar Man, but nobody cares about that. But I don't know anything really, really great. Obviously, as we saw on the Cars podcast two weeks ago, uh, the Rick Ocasek tribute. <laughs> I don't know that much. But it's funny because, um, you know, everybody knows Beatles songs when you hear them. But sometimes, I guess, I didn't know again the the names of the songs, and I don't know whether I knew this was the Beatles. And then I'm like fascinated, like how many times I hear this in a jukebox or a bar or something, and I'm like, wow, who is this? And then you find out it's the Beatles. Boy, they really did some interesting stuff. And there's a, a whole bunch of stuff on this album you're like, wait a minute, that's the Beatles too? I mean, I know I should know all that stuff, but I don't know, I was pleasantly surprised at a bunch of stuff. Plus they also, uh, on this, they have an extra special super deluxe edition that was put out for the anniversary, so they have this guy, Giles or something, uh, you know, doing some, like, talking in between. He's like, hey, here's, uh, here's the nonsense and stuff. Like, they have, you know, everybody talking, like... Uh, okay. It got a bit faster, Ringo. <laughs> okay, George. Okay. It's amazing when they have the uh, stuff of them like just talking and stuff in the studio because, you know, there's so many times when we uh, think of it just uh, was this real? Did these guys really make all these songs? Come on. That's impossible. Nobody makes every song a hit, you know, except Huey Lewis. So, I mean, it's like, um, <laughs> um, but it's just it's great to hear it, you know, especially John and uh, it's exciting to hear them talking amongst themselves and and, you know, the way they know their stuff, because a lot of times it just seems like, well, it's like that movie yesterday. First of all, did you see the movie yesterday? Did I tell you I saw the movie yesterday by, you know, my favorite director, Richard Curtis? It's um Richard Curtis, the uh, writer of the writer and director for it was a funeral, but 
just writer of uh, Love Actually. Uh, he might have directed. No, I don't think he did. He doesn't direct all the time. Uh, he didn't direct this one. Danny Boyle did. Uh, but he, you know, uh, Notting Hill, you know, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. So, you know, listen, we've been talking about Richard Curtis for a long time. He's the shit and uh, I worship him. So if I'm because he makes movies that I want to see, if he's going to make a movie saying I'm going to make a movie, he makes these fantasy movies that I like, which is why he also did a Doctor Who. He, he does the stuff I like. Richard Curtis, the great Richard Curtis, who I got to meet. Uh, a few years ago, which was very exciting, and he couldn't have been more delightful. This guy r- makes fantasy movies, especially for men. Um, I mean, Love Actually is a, the ultimate male fantasy. Uh, you know, everybody sleeping with their secretary or assistant, obviously it was made years before, um, uh, let alone that guy that goes to uh, Milwaukee and he meets those, then has sex with those four girls. He's just like, no, they're going to love me in America. You know, I mean, he just makes these fantasy movies. All right, that one all being just uh, silly, but, well, they're all silly. But, you know, the ultimate, um, what if you were a regular guy, Hugh Grant, being, I guess, what you would call a regular guy, who works in a travel bookshop and all of a sudden he starts dating the most popular star on the planet, which at the time was Julia Roberts, so perfect casting, even if you don't like her. Because, you know, she ain't that great, but she was the perfect person to cast. So what, you know, what is the fantasy of, of Dave Juskow, you know, dating, I don't know, Jennifer Lawrence or who, whoever the case. I mean, that's obviously, you know what I'm saying, uh, if I was younger. Um, but, but that, that, that you know, the point I'm trying to get at. I mean, that's that's a fun fantasy movie that I thought was done absolutely perfectly the writing's unbelievable we you know we we need to just break that movie down i will tell you i could be in a film or an acting class and tell you how brilliant that movie is for so many reasons especially from a writing standpoint flushing out so many supporting characters which you just don't see in movies uh the supporting character usually just gets uh you know a couple of gag things to do the best friend role and in this movie i mean it's just special and I've never seen the likes of it before or after. Um, then in Doctor Who, he makes a fantasy about what if, um, you know, and I, I think I've spoken about it before, but um, they're in the Museum of Modern Art today, uh, like 2019, 20, whatever date it is. And he's looking at um, Van Gogh. And, he, and Doctor Who's looking at the picture. He goes, well, that's not right. There's not supposed to be a monster in that castle, in that picture. He's looking at the window in the picture. You know, one of his really famous paintings of a church or something. And he's like, that's not right. So they have to go back in time and find out why there's a monster in that painting. And then Van Gogh comes back into here. Uh, they bring him to the 21st century. And they and he sees, you know, how his work is being, you know, because this guy was tortured. And, I mean, that's just a romantic fantasy that, Dave Juskow enjoys, and obviously somebody else must enjoy it because the guy keeps on working. So here, this guy makes another, you know, am I just writing for Dave Juskow? Fantasy about a guy, a musician who sucks, who all of a sudden gets into an accident and the world blips one day, and he wakes up the next day and no one's ever heard of the Beatles. The Beatles never existed. The, the four men did, but the Beatles never existed. And he starts singing and playing their songs and taking credit for writing them. And, and you know, it takes place now in 2019. 
And everybody's like, this, this guy's the greatest musician of all time. I mean, there's scenes that are so unbelievable with, with Ed Sheeran playing himself where he's like, all right, we'll have a writing contest. You have two minutes to go to the back. And then, you know, this guy plays like something in the way she moves, you know, something like that. And, and, and the, Ed Sheeran's like, all right, this contest is over. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so, it's a fantasy. It works and it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. It's still very entertaining. I enjoyed it very much. Had to, this is when I went to the movie theater to go see a couple of weeks back. Maybe I told you about it. And I had just heard that Paul McCartney, like, you know, three days ago, snuck into the movie theater somewhere, you know, probably in the city here or somewhere in the Hamptons, wherever the hell he lives with his wife. And he went in to see that movie and he loved it. He, he just went in and saw it yesterday. Can you imagine if you're sitting there and you see, I mean, he knows already. I mean, it's got to be weird being Paul McCartney because he knows how his how he's revered in this lifetime. But then here's a guy that's making a really interesting movie and showing how much these songs meant to people and how they still resonate and hold up. And it's just absolutely fascinating. Um, This guy, Richard Curtis, knows how to he really knows how to put a fantasy together. You know, I mean, he did one which I didn't like called About Time, I think, which was another time traveling. Uh, Did I say another time? Oh, yeah, right. Because I was in Doctor Who. Um, about a family where all the men can time travel. Um, it's not very good. It wasn't good. I didn't like it. It was upsetting. I'm not upsetting. It just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, maybe because of the lead character, I didn't care for him that much, and I don't know. It got a little much, but otherwise, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, there you go again. This guy makes fantasy movies for clearly Dave Juskow and Dave Juskow only. He's obviously just catering to me, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Richard Curtis, the great Richard Curtis. And uh, I still feel if um, Sarah was dating Michael Sheen, I could probably get him on this show, which would be a miracle. I feel like in this day and age, you can just really Instagram somebody and you could probably ask them to do it. See, when I tape at the Comedy Cellar, if I just continually tape at the Comedy Cellar, have people come down, then they're not coming to my creepy house, and then you can get some decent guests, right? You know, we're doing it at the comedy show. It's a wide open space. It's cool. There's people there. Don't worry about it. It's all right. What do we need guests for anyway, you know? You know, I was reheating my Dunkin' Donuts coffee today, and every time when I reheat it, you know, because they got rid of the styrofoam. Well, that didn't matter anyway. When you reheat it, the bottom starts to burn, and then it just smells like burnt paper. But, you know, what am I going to do? I mean, I buy a new cup of coffee every day. Sometimes I want to have it again. Anyway, doing the podcast, I'm taping... uh, a week before this comes out on, what is this, Tuesday? It would be October 8th, I guess. And uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Rocktober. And uh, I'm taping because I was like woke up today and I had nothing to do. And I'm just, it's a beautiful day. Let me just get it together while the sun is still shining. It's getting dusk now, but uh, I just wanted to tape while it was daylight. I'm not depressed today or anything, but um, it was Rosh Hashanah yesterday. It's Rosh Hashanah today, too. I just stopped celebrating the second day after many years of celebrating both days. Uh, I finally put a a quash on it, uh, especially when I found out that the reason there's two days is because apparently no one knows when the actual day is. And that's just not a good enough excuse to, uh, you know, not work. Uh, That was the thing. I was like, oh, I'm taking off an extra day of work. But, you know, I stopped going to temple about 
I don't know, seven years ago, finally got fed up and said, this just isn't working for me. And that's only like seven years ago. I mean, I made it all the way to the 40s. But, you know, you when, when you're forced to go somewhere, uh, nobody likes to be forced to do anything. And, um, you know, then so then I'm like, well, let me just see if I actually want to go. And then I went saying I'm not forced today. I'm just going to go. And then I still didn't like it. It just didn't work for me. I told my mom, I'm like, uh, listen, I, I, it's just not working for me. I, I'm sorry. It's not, you know, I'm... I, I I feel like one day again I'll go, but it's just not working for me now. Just Temple I'm talking about. That's, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, oh my God, I'm here again. I'm still not doing anything. You know, it's like nothing's changed. And, you know, so it's a reminder again. It's, with being single, it's tough too. It's, but you see everybody's married and stuff. So it's just been difficult for me. But, you know, so it's much easier not going. I still went to my mom's house yesterday. And that's even sad too, because now it's just my mom, my sister, and my brother-in-law, uh, you know, Liza's at school, Dory's at school. Billy was there. But it's just, you know, it's so, you know, it used to be, you know, family. Now, I never liked the family anyway. When my dad was alive, I didn't want to go anyway because he was there. But once he was dead, it was much more entertaining. Uh, you know, there was more laughs and more fun. And I could just do whatever I could. I was just free. Uh, him being dead is, is just uh, very freeing and, and great. And has not made the holidays as bad. I know that sounds harsh, but um, he he was just uh, bad news for me. And um, it's, ugh. you know, I have these dreams to this day where he's still alive. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. And it bums me out because, you know, he's been dead for a long time now. And you really figure after a while. Again, I'm no blame. But you figure after a while, you just... I don't want to say forgive either. I'm not, I'm not angry. It's just, uh, you know, I, I've, it, it doesn't matter what he did or how I turned out or anything. And it's just, um, he did something that shook me to my core so much so that even however many years it's been, 15 years or whatever later, I am still fucked up from him in my dreams that he's still alive and somehow yelling and screaming and threatening. And uh, I mean, that's, it's just messed up. Um, I've told you before, I, I, I think we've talked about this recently because my sister's been talking about it lately too. And I don't know why it's come up all of a sudden or maybe because the holidays were approaching. But yeah, I mean, I still, you know, when I hear people walking upstairs, I start to panic that he's just going to come down and start uh, whatever you know so it's just so so it's very freeing not having him there things have been a lot better at home you know my mother's a pain in the ass but i certainly don't you know i you know whatever she is who she is i do i i don't like when she's selfish or rude to others but you know i don't i don't hate her i, I, I know i probably say i do but, but uh you know what are you gonna do what are you gonna do it's it's more hilarious my dad i just really just couldn't wait for him to die. I'm, I know that sounds horrible. I mean, when I was a kid, I just like, when will he go away? Uh, I just couldn't get out of that house fast enough. And, um, oh, where did this podcast go? To a dark place. But that always happens around the holidays. And uh, this, of course, coming out on a cold nidre, uh, the era of Yom Kippur, which I also don't have to go to anymore to, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't know if you'd call it celebrate. My sister brought up a good point if, 
If Yom Kippur is to atone for your sins, then why is New Year's before it? Shouldn't you atone for your sins of the year and then have the Happy New Year after? That's what it seems uh, you should put together. But uh, whatever. Where am I going with all this nonsense? I guess we haven't spoken in two weeks. Last week we put on the Rachel Marina one. I wasn't sure what to do. I had a lot to say. And then I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I am still in such a limbo area, clearly, of my life. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen by the end of the year. Things could get very bleak, but I'm not in the worst mood. I had an episode uh, about a week ago, but I'm okay now. And, um, you know, very excited about Turbocharge being released on Amazon Prime. Um, That should be coming up very soon. Uh, Memo is just, uh, the, the account has been made. Uh, Memo is just, uh, he has to, uh, he's got the master copy and he needs to do a couple of things at his office to make sure we give you the highest quality that we happen to have of this movie. Um, And uh, we think the story will be $1.99 rental and $4.99 to purchase. That's what we, you know, we don't expect to make money from it. We just. It's just I wanted to charge something because that's why I never put it on YouTube. I'm like, we just, you know, I put I put as much money as I put into my hair for this movie when uh, they both amounted to nothing. And, uh, you know, it's I just want we put so much time and effort into it and as maybe as bad and weird as the movie is to put it out where people have to spend a dollar or two to to look at it at least it makes it feel like it was you know for for naught uh you know just putting it out on youtube it's like why did we waste our time you know as a, you know when we did it they didn't have streaming capabilities and stuff so we would you know putting it out on dvd and sending it out i was like well how are we going to do that you know i didn't know how to work that out so being able to stream it you know for something like this this is perfect for me i mean this is exactly what i've been waiting for if you're like george lucas i'm not doing any more star wars until the technology changes i mean that's the way i feel and i feel very comfortable putting it out on these platforms whether it be itunes or this or amazon or whatever it is just to uh charge a little something so i can at least give lee maracas his money back uh he put in a couple of grand i put in most of the money obviously but you know his couple of grand that he put in certainly uh help pay for a lot of lunches and dinners, which is what everybody was pretty much getting paid. Uh, lunches and dinners. That's what you pay people when you're doing everything just for the the love of, of the art. Uh, everybody was there for free. Uh, they just hope, you know, that it, it comes out in a way. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's at least three or four people that are probably embarrassed that they're in it. But uh, it's still fun, and everybody had a good time making it and, you know, I, I think it's it's good enough. You know, it's, it's a little embarrassing, but again, it is what it is. And one day when, you know, um, I'll, you know, now with this Amazon Prime, maybe I can make some more. You know, maybe I can get a little more money and make, make things the right way. And, you know, when you're just doing it yourself and you have no budget, you don't have their music. I mean, what, you know, I think we, you know, we did as good as we could get. Um, for making a feature length. You know, I dare anybody else to uh, do what I did. Everybody makes short films and stuff like that. The the whole fun of it is 
seeing if you can go the distance. I mean, that is the, that, you know, I dare anyone to do what I did. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there have been people that have done it, maybe like the Blair Witch Project and stuff, but uh, I don't know. It's really tough making a feature-length movie on your own with no money and about, you know, and a, and a period piece where you have to buy costumes and all that kind of stuff. I don't even know how I afforded it. I, I mean, it was, it's so weird. I guess it's the way, I, I don't know. How am I living now? I don't know. I just always seem to come up with something. I got to do better at gambling, and then I can uh, really last a long time. You know, and I'm hello. Is this is this on? But uh, it's still very exciting, and and we're gonna we're having a screening in the city. Uh, I think in two weeks at the New York Comedy Club, because why not? We're thinking about having one in L.A. I don't know if it's necessary, but I'd certainly like to do some promotion for it. So I got to kind of get on the ball with that. I got to write that down. And it's funny today. I was like, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? I'm sleepy. I'm not sleepy. I, I don't know. I'm procrastinating, procrastinating. But I'm like, what am I doing? Meanwhile, I have some stuff going on. Um, again, taping this. And this will all have happened already when you hear this podcast. Uh, but I'm doing a new comedy club called the West Side Comedy Club that I put together a show with uh, Judy Gold's son which is hilarious. You know, he's like Dory's age or Audrey's age. Um, and we're doing a show at the Westside Comedy Club. I, I, I have no idea. I think I'm going to make a little bit of money. I have no idea. So that's something. Trying a new place to put shows together, let alone, of course, always the Comedy Cellar. But I have nothing going there this month. Um, and so then on f- that's Thursday night. So at least that's something to do. And uh, it's called, it's uh, hilariously called uh, Five Comics and Dave. Uh, you know, which is always funny. It's like Artie's quote in that in his book, which is like uh, the picture of me, Artie, and Russ and Dave, and he's like uh, tell, and he's like um, these are the funniest people I know, and Dave Juskow. Uh That always works for me. I find that funny. I can absolutely make fun of myself <laughs> in that sense because uh, it. I I am a good sport when it comes to that because I I know my place. I know when I am funny, and uh, I know when I'm not, and. Well, I don't really, but, you know, I get it. I know I'm bad sometimes. So, uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. This is a new comedy club, and I guess I will be judged. I, You know, I've tried to be coming up with some new material, but I'm not very good at it. But the more I go on, the better it'll be. And the big news for me, uh, it won't be for you because this, unfortunately, comes out after the fact. But on Friday, uh, this past Friday, talking to you on, on Tuesday the 9th, I will have opened for bumping mics for David Tell and Jeff Ross at the Paramount Theater in Long Island. Uh, I mean, that is a huge deal. This is like Sarah proportions. It's a theater in the round. Uh, I don't know how many people it holds. I think it's, you know, in the 2000 area or something. I'll be doing that Friday, maybe again Saturday. I don't know how that's going to work out, but... uh, Boy, that's, I just said, do you have two tickets? And they're like, do you want to do five? And I'm like, sure. Well, I, I can say sure now because I definitely have five minutes. I definitely have five minutes. Do I have 15 again? I don't know. But I definitely have five. So that is exciting news, you know, and something to do and something to look forward to and something you can tell your friends. Um, so that's pretty good. And uh, on... Saturday, I did, you know, that girl, it's so funny. So I had, remember um, the the last time we left each other, 
or when we remember when I were talking, I was telling you about the show I had at the cellar, which didn't go very well, uh, which happens. And I put that girl, Natalie Cuomo, on who I was telling you about, who's so pretty and so nice. Um, and we've become much closer over the past couple of weeks. Um, she really is terrific. And she uh, she produced a show in Brooklyn on Saturday at some gallery. It was so funny. It was so tiny. Uh, you know, maybe there was 20 people there and no bathroom, <laughs> no drinks. It, it was really fun. But uh, so so here's what happened. So so the Saturday. OK, so the Saturday before. Uh, my sister's friend had a party and I decided to go for some reason. And uh, it wasn't a bad time. It was all, you know, adults. And my, you know, Billy was there. My nephew was there because he's friends with the kids. And it was so funny because she has pictures from the party and all the adults are drinking and having a good time. And blah, what's up? And then the kids, there's a picture of them and they're just so polite. They're all just sitting in a chair uh, being polite, like indoors. It's really funny. Good, good kids. Um, and the, while the adults are getting drunk. Uh, so I finally tried this white club, but it wasn't white club. It was a knockoff of white club because I didn't want to, I knew I had to drive home and I didn't want to drink beer because I knew I was going to have to stop to pee. So I was just drinking the white claw. Uh, so I felt good enough to drive after a couple of those. Um, and uh, it was delicious. Uh, that, you know, that's the the new rage is white claw, you know, spiked seltzer is the new thing that everybody is drinking man i wish i had invested in that i don't know where that came from out of the blue but you know i guess calorie wise and whatever beer does to me uh this seems to work really well uh with everybody and it, i didn't get that messed up but i you know and i was able to drink and you have something in your hand and uh had a good time and so then I was actually supposed to go see Natalie in New Jersey and we were going to hang out and then she canceled because she got a gig. So what are you going to do? Uh, and so then the next day I was performing at the New York Comedy Club as I do on Sundays at five. And I somehow I just got really depressed. I got really depressed. I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I just I can't tell you because I really don't know. Something happened Sunday morning, and it wasn't losing on gambling or anything because that's what I thought it was. And uh, I don't think it had anything to do with Natalie canceling. But then the funny thing is, because that's ridiculous, um, but then the thing is her mom came to the show on Sunday and her cousins, and I bombed in front of them. And then I was really disappointed because there's nothing worse than... You know, she lives with her mom. She's like, oh, I've been hanging out with this guy. He's really funny, you know, whatever. And then you bomb in front of the mother. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? I'm like, I'm her mom's age. What do I care if I bomb in front of this girl I just met's mother? But for some reason, that put me on a, I just was, I couldn't put it together. And this is before I was even doing it. And I bombed. I had nothing. And I was just mortified. And that just put me in a spiral where I just had to leave and then... That night, I was so down, and I couldn't sleep. And then that Monday, where usually is my favorite night, do the comic strip, and then we have wings and football, which is so much fun, I had to cancel. 
I just had to cancel. I could not, uh, I couldn't get out of the house. Something was wrong. I think I was upset. I felt like all the girls in my life weren't talking to me. Like Olga wasn't talking to me. Uh, Rachel wasn't, hasn't been talking to me. Irene hasn't been talking to me. I was like really upset. I guess about that too. I was like, what path am I on here? I don't know what happened. And then everybody was getting angry that I put Natalie on at the comedy cell. I'm like, I didn't, there was a rumor going on like that, that I gave her a spot. I didn't give her a spot. She was just part of a sketch. But it's funny how the news just travels where, you know, the jealousy comes out and it, it's really uh, kind of fascinating to see. Uh, but that was not the case. You know, in the, in the future, I would probably give her a spot. I mean, if she when she gets better and stuff, she's just starting out. But, um, you know, it's just... Uh, so I don't know what happened, and then on Tuesday, you know, I finally, I think I talked to Irene, and we worked it out, and I talked to Olga, like, a, and we, every, I, I worked out stuff with people that, um, thank God, you know, because it was, uh, I, you know, it was making me upset. I don't know why. You know, you just feel like you're losing friends left and right at some points in your life, and then everything works itself out, and it's just a phase, and you forget about it years later, but I guess it was bothering me. Because, I mean, you know, when you're not working, you're not doing anything, what do you have left? You got your friends and Rachel and I were talking all the time. And then uh, we weren't, you know, talking or whatever. And But we're going to work it out because uh, she's also coming to Bumpin' Mike's on Friday, too. So we'll have, everything will be fine. But I don't know. I was just depressed. But then Tuesday, I was fine. Uh, I got better. I went to go see Olga perform at this place because it was right by my house. And I was like, you know what? It's a good idea to get out of the house. It was like on Park Avenue and 60th. And this place sucked. I mean, it was nice. I mean, I couldn't believe it was so close. And I liked the bar. But it was like upstairs. And it was so loud from the bar downstairs. And you couldn't hear what anybody was saying. It was, I'd rather not do that show. She's like, maybe you can meet the people. I was like, I don't even want to meet them. I don't want to perform here. I don't want to be a snob. But that place, I don't think, is conducive to telling you if you did a good job or not. Um, so I, I don't know. And then we went to the stand because Olga was roasting. She was in a roast battle, and she was roasting, and uh, she was roasting this girl I like from Long Island. And we went to see that, and uh, it turned out to be a pretty fun night. And then I felt much better, much better, much, much better by Tuesday um, I just don't know what happened those two days. I was in a funk I could not get out of. And uh, I'm just glad it, you know, went away. But, uh, you know. Oh, so then the next day on Wednesday, and this is where I was like, I just want a podcast immediately. Uh, I wanted to tell you about this. I um, met Sarah's manager, Whenever she comes to town, we usually go to Chinese food. We have the soup dumplings down at Joe Shanghai. And uh, this time was no exception. That was the plan. And she goes, uh, do you mind if uh, this girl, her, I can just tell you her name, her name is Stephanie Zambari, and her partner, Elizabeth something, they have a podcast, um, a health and wellness podcast. And I've known this girl, Stephanie, for a while. I know she's friends with Sarah. She's very young, or at least I thought. Um, and... Um, She's nice. You know, she's from California. She doesn't come to New York. So it was okay to see her and everything. And I like her a lot, actually. But 
Um, so we went to this what do you, speakeasy first where, you know, speakeasies uh, aren't so easy. Drinks are very pricey there. And uh, the four of us were there. We got very expensive drinks. And then the bill came in. Sometimes when I'm with a manager, not to be Jewy, but if I'm with a manager, usually they pick it up because they're doing, a, you know, Dave Rath, I usually pick. Well, actually, what are we talking about? This guy usually has me. Uh, he always forgets his wallet. So I usually pay. But whatever, normally they pay. They know my situation. They know I'm out of work. But she didn't pay. So I split it with Stephanie. And I said, well, because the next place we go to takes cash. You and me will pay for the kids. That's what I was calling them. We'll pay for the kids. And, uh, you know, we'll split this. I thought me and Amy would split it, but I, I don't know what happened. And, you know, I don't have a job. You're going to always keep that in mind. So it's pretty expensive even to split it. Um, and I said, I'll, I'll take care of the tip and, and whatever. Because, you know, I always want to be a gentleman. Believe me, I wish that. Anyway, so let me say the rest. So then uh, we go to the Chinese restaurant. They take cash only. So Amy and I split it, and it's, uh, you know, another 100 or something like that. No big deal. Um, so but so then we go to the Bowery Hotel, and we hang out for a little bit, and the girls leave, and Amy and I are talking, and they're like, yeah, they're doing, these girls are doing, I really thought they were, because Stephanie also was managed by Vanessa, if you remember. This is how we became closer, because she was also scammed by Vanessa, and, you know, saying that the, Vanessa said she had made these girls a million dollars. And then Sarah's like, if they're making a million dollars, then how come I have to buy her meals? All the time? So I'm thinking they're poor actresses. And so when they leave, Amy goes, oh, my God, they have a hugely successful podcast. They're making so much money. And I'm like, what? I'm like, they for what? And they're like, yeah, that's why they're in town. They're doing a live show at Caroline's and they have a really they have a lot of sponsors. I'm like, what? What was I paying for them for? What? The, what? I had. I was so. I was so angry. I didn't want to get angry, angry. But I mean, I don't know. They're they're making money off their podcast. It's so funny because I think the day before I was thinking like, how can I make money off my? Podcast? I'll never be able to make money off this podcast. Who would pay for this? But yeah, they're making money. It's uh, I don't even. Know, it's called retro something or other. I looked it up like the top. She was like, yeah, it's one of the top podcasts. I looked it up, but I didn't see it. Uh, I mean, I could see it when I look up what it's called or her name, but I didn't see it as like the top podcast or anything. I don't know whether Amy is just saying that to me or whether that's true, but then I felt like such a sucker. But then on the flip side, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm like an older man. Even if I don't have money, I'm perceived at my age to have money. So it's like you don't want to look like an asshole. I know I don't have any money, but I certainly walk around as if I do because I do pay for a lot of people and not just to be like, hey, baby, you know how it is. It's cool. Um, just because, I don't know, that's always the way it was supposed to be. And I don't know, sometimes, I mean, I'll always pay for women, right? Because that's the way I was brought up. But I always pay for dudes too because they don't seem to pull out their credit cards fast enough or their money. So I just like, uh, oh, okay. I don't know. I want to pay for people all the time. I wish I had money because I'm, you know, I'm good that way. I like paying for people. I like to tip well. I mean, I really wish I could pay for everybody. I'd like to pay for everybody all the time. I would like to be that guy. But, uh, you know, but it's funny to pay and then find out that I thought they were like, you know, I'm like, oh, we'll take care of the kids. You know, we have we have cash. It's only cash. I, I made sure I took out cash. I knew it was cash. Um, 
you know, they didn't know. And I'm like, yeah, no problem, you know. And then, but then when you find out they're making money, oh, they're making a lot, you know, that's the worst thing to hear. Oh, they're making a ton of money off their podcast. And I'm like, oh, gotta be kidding. So Stephanie's very pretty. And, um, she goes, you know, she's not dating anybody. And she goes, well, you know, the problem. And, and first of all, I thought she was 23. She's 34. Uh, I thought they were much younger. Um, but she looks, you know, I mean, she's beautiful. And 34 is still really young. But um, she's like, yeah, I'm trying to find a man. Uh, you know, I can't seem to find a man. And I'm like, oh, um, she's like, I'm trying to find a man, you know, somebody with a steady job and. Somebody who's a man, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I didn't want somebody like maybe older. I'm like, well, I don't mind telling you this, but they don't exist. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, isn't somebody older, like your age or something, you know, like wouldn't aren't, you know, like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, they don't exist. Uh, take my friend Lee Maracas, for example. He's two years older than me. Um, he had a steady job. I mean, yes, he just got laid off, but he'll get a job again. He's got a wife and kids and he is an adult man, technically, but he's not a man. He texts me for the last 50, 40 years. We've known each other since high school. He's texted me for the last 35, 40 years um, a new way to call me gay for 40 years. Even before texts, he found other ways to do it, whether it was phone calls, whether it was uh, he would mail stuff. New ways. Like for right now, his big thing is calling me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers field goal kicker. Because his last name is gay. <laughs> so he just finds new ways. And it's funny every time. And I don't care whether you're PC or not PC. That'll always be funny. Straight men will always call each other gay, which we've talked about on this podcast before, because we're all homophobic. Uh, so that's a whole nother thing. But uh, I mean, we have no, me and him have no problems with gay, but it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, this is what the way we've been brought up, the way our fathers brought us up, and it's just uh, ribbing. But um, yeah, so I'm like, well, if he's the only technical adult I know, because certainly you're not going to meet a stand up comic who's a man, whatever she's looking for. And quite frankly, I don't know any men that aren't going to laugh at the name Bangkok. You know, when you say it, so because <laughs> we're children, there are no men, even the manliest of men. But maybe, maybe Neil Armstrong was a man. You know, I mean, you got to go to these great lengths. I mean, if, you, if you're if you're a pioneer where no one's ever been to the moon before the moon, you know, that thing in the sky and you're like, yeah, I'll go up there. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and you're like, well, how are you getting back? We haven't figured that out yet. We have no exit strategy. But I have an idea. You, like, get in the thing, and we should have enough gas to, like, kind of propel you into orbit, and then we'll just drop you in the ocean and see what happens. You know, with a parachute from space. That's probably a man. Those guys in that capsule... Those are men. Yeah, right? They're, th those are probably men. I don't think it gets more manly than that. Because even if you go to the moon now, you're still a man, but, you know, somebody's already done it. You don't know what's on that moon. You know, you're, you're asking some nerd who, uh, you know, is mostly into comic books and, you know, you know Leonard from the Big Bang Theory to tell you that the moon's, okay, that it's not going to, 
if you step on it, you're not going to fall through. You know, you're just hoping uh, that that nerd is correct. Yeah, that's a man. And uh, they don't really make those. And I don't see Stephanie dating an astronaut uh, from the 60s. So I guess this is what all women are looking for. And then so I assume every woman in their life has settled. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes you get lucky and, uh, you know, they can act manly at times. And I think that's all you ask for. Somebody who doesn't cheat and uh, somebody who can provide. And that is a man. But, you know, we also have another definition for a man, which I don't know of any. I'm trying to think. I'm going through my head right now. I don't know any men. (laughs) I know adult children. So you're out of luck, Steph. But uh, that was a fun night, though, I got to say. So I had like two good nights in a row. And then Thursday night, of course, uh, is usually my Audrey night. But uh, she had to babysit... uh, her boss's kid. So that was fine, just watching uh, the football game. But I was just angry because, you know, I didn't win. I wanted the Packers to win. It was my key bet for the week, damn it. But, uh, you know, it's always fun on Thursday nights. I don't mind having nothing to do because uh, I can watch some football, yeah, which is super great. I also started watching uh, this season of uh, Stranger Things, finally, and it's uh, really good, too. Oh, so on Friday... Uh, last Friday, it was Memo's birthday and his wife called me and asked me if I wanted to meet them for dinner in Astoria, Queens. Now, I used to, in the 80s, I used to live in Astoria, Queens. It's a, would you call it a suburb of Manhattan? I mean, you know, it's a borough, uh, right? It, it, I, I look, I'm looking out my window now, which is, of course, why I wanted to do the podcast before it got dark. I'm looking out my window at Queens. You know, it's a, it's over the East River. If you don't know, you know, if you're from somewhere else, Queens is a is another borough. There's 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 Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, and Staten Island. There's five boroughs. Queens is a borough, and Astoria is a place where, in the '80s, I felt was a safe, good, close enough to the city place to move by myself. I don't know why I picked it. I think one day I took the subway in 1986. Yes, with my girlfriend at the time. I took the subway the wrong place. Uh, I thought the subways, I was on the N train or something, and I was on 59th, and we were trying to go uptown, and I thought it would go further, but unfortunately at 59th Street, it makes a a quick right, a sharp right into Queens, and all of a sudden, you know, you're above ground, and I'm like, uh-oh, I think I messed up, and we were in Astoria, so I remember telling my old girlfriend when I moved out, saying, hey, guess where I'm moving? Remember that place we took that train to? <laughs> I'm moving there. Uh, so I don't know. It just seemed so easy because I went on the train that day. I'm like, well, that was easy. It was one stop and I was here. And I always wanted to be on the subway line. Uh, you know, I didn't want to be in New Jersey. So you have to transfer to the path or something like that. I always wanted to be in the New York City subway line where I can go anywhere. So I lived there for, I don't know, three, five years. I don't know. And the place was disgusting. I mean, it was a dump. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a dump dump, but I didn't want to live there. You know, I wanted to, I only wanted to live in Manhattan. That was the goal for everyone in the eighties, everyone. Now, I don't know what happened where now the goal is to, for some reason, live in Brooklyn. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, everything got too pricey. Now Brooklyn's too pricey and now Queens is too pricey, 
But I was so depressed living in Astoria. I was so depressed. It was horrible there. There was no other people there. I knew a couple of people lived there, but they didn't live anywhere near me. The first place I had was disgusting. Then I moved closer to the subway, and that was okay, but it was gross and so sad and lonely. And, you know, there was no bars you could go to. You know, my times was spent in Manhattan, but if I didn't have to go to Manhattan, I would. There was nowhere to go. There was no people to talk to. There was nobody my age. There was nobody my ethnicity. It was the worst time of my life. The only thing that kept me alive was Howard Stern, that I could listen to him in the morning. Uh, that's how much he meant to me during that time. And so I really, I mean, maybe I've been back a couple times, but I haven't been back to that particular neighborhood where I was living in 30 years. And Memo was having a dinner there just with his wife and kid and him, you know how much I like, we all like his kid, uh, at a Chinese restaurant. Once she said Chinese restaurant, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Um, and I went back and I took the train and I, I started getting... <sighs> You know what I was doing? I was actually listening to the uh, the the Cars album for some reason uh, as I was going. I was listening to the Move Like This album for God knows what reason. I just decided I'm going to listen to that the last album they made, which no one cares for, but for some reason that's what I want to listen to today. And, uh, you know, that's the one with Blue Tip that we didn't play on our Rick Ocasek tribute. But go figure, you know, um, once I got past, this isn't a bad song. I like this song. It does sound old school cars. But the album is sad because it only has like four of them on there because Ben Orr was already dead. Now there'll only be three. been in my head for a while. I couldn't remember where it was from. So I was listening to the album and I think this song came up and I think it's actually, is this the one? I think this is the one. It's actually called Sad Song. Is this the one? Or was it a different one? No, wait, this one's good. this one yeah so this one was playing while i was walking and i was getting and it's like what's bothering me it was this song i should have just taken off my headphones now i realize why i was getting annoyed so i was going down this like street that i've walked past a hundred times when i was so lonely and depressed off the subway and i'm like look at this first of all you get off the subway it's beautiful now and then there was all these bars that yeah, there's no worse song to play when you got off the, you know, the, I, it just it was a coincidence that this was playing while I was walking. It was really bumming me out. What the hell am I playing it now for? Um, it's just, it was walking down. I'm like, look at this place. There was all these bars. There was a beer garden, you know, with people, you know, white people. I, is that, I didn't mean it like that, but I'm saying like it was all Greek and 
you know, I don't not people that I knew or you know had anything in common with. Uh, as racist as that sounds, but back in the day, it was just it was horrible. There were places to eat. There was places I could go and bring back food or sit at a bar, like a normal bar. They didn't have any bars that weren't just like Greek ballrooms, you know? I mean, it sucks. So then I just started getting so depressed. I'm like, man, if I could start, I mean, this would have been okay to live for a period of time. Because the fact of the matter is that I don't want to live, I'll never want to live in Queens. I'm always going to prefer to move to Jersey because I don't want to live in a place where when you're taking the subway, it looks like the beginning of good times, of the opening credits of good times. It all looks poor and dirty. Um, so why would you want to live in that? You know what I'm saying? Now, I know people like it there. They're happy there. Not just Astoria, but Brooklyn. They all look the same to me, but they're still like poverty written. So it's like, it, it isn't the plan to get out of that? Isn't that everybody's plan to try and get out? Because this is what drives me insane. When I was in my apartment in Queens, there was that move. They made all those black movies of like South Central shit. In fact, wasn't it called that South, South Central? Oh, don't be a menace to society. You know, all those movies that they made about South Central in L.A., you know, right? I think that's what those called, like downtown L.A., uh, East L.A., whatever it was, were all the... the the gangs and blacks were angry and shooting. And all I remember thinking and watching these movies, uh, which were very entertaining, there's that one, that John Singleton one I'm thinking of in particular. They were so angry, the black people. They're shooting everything up. They're angry, but they're living in these houses. They're angry that they're poor, but they're living in houses. And they have backyards and front yards and i'm like why are they so angry i live in a shithole where i can't even walk outside because it's disgusting i mean it's like they they have houses with bedrooms I, this this is what i could not understand i i guess that sounds racist but fuck you i mean I felt like the one that was the poorest of poor. Uh, maybe their neighborhood wasn't very nice, but their house, they lived in a house. For Christ's sakes, when I watched that, one of my favorite movies, The Blind Side, they go to Big Mike's mother's house. She's living in a house. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's like a, it's a big, it's like, it looks like a con. I mean, it's a horrible neighborhood, you know, like whatever that's very dangerous, but she lives in a better place than I do now. <laughs> it drives me insane. She has like stairs and stuff in other rooms. I, I don't, I don't, it's very confusing to me. So even though I live in Manhattan, which is, you know, ritzy, I don't live a ritzy lifestyle. Does my cousin who owns the Devils? Yes. That's the only way to live in Manhattan. You know, the Woody Allen way, which where stuff like that just doesn't exist to normal people. So for what I'm saying, for my money is, if I ever move out of here, because I'd still like to, I would move to Jersey and move somewhere quiet and nice, not even quiet, but just, I don't know, spacious, spacious. I, I talk about this all the time. Just having a place like a terrace or a porch or something would be so nice. Anyway, uh, 
boy, this podcast is weird. But you love it, right? Uh, still, though, it was fun. It turned out this place was like just like a dim sum place. It was stupid, and I just ordered all this stuff because it just they didn't have any. Like, yeah, our full menu's coming soon. I'm like, did you look this up? They didn't have any drinks. His wife like really fucked up. Like, you know, it's like, no, it's bring your own. They're like, oh, good work uh, setting up your husband's birthday at a place where there's no liquor. So then I gave Memo twenty bucks to get because I didn't want to get up and I just keep giving out money. So he got us a couple of beers. My goodness. Boy, I got so mad yesterday. I went to get these. There's a cream puff place. It's called Bearded Papa's or something. I think it's a chain. It's on 53rd Street. My sister goes, why don't you get some of those cream puffs for dessert for the holidays? I go, and I'm like, yeah, I need uh, four chocolate cream puffs, cream puffs with chocolate inside. He goes, yeah, we're at it. We don't have chocolate. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have chocolate? He's like, yeah, we're, we switched it this month. It's a, it's a hazelnut. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why don't you always have chocolate? You should always have chocolate and vanilla. And he's like, well, you know, we the company decides. We don't decide. I'm like, wait, you don't always, don't people. But then I was like, I yelled at the guy for about 20 minutes and then we made up and he gave me a discount because I was just confused of why chocolate and vanilla is not always on the menu. Chocolate and vanilla. Yeah, you have your, you, he has green tea. He has hazelnut. I understand all the other flavors. But chocolate and vanilla should always be there. But then I realized a cream puff really technically isn't filled with chocolate all the time. It's just delicious. It's usually filled with vanilla. So I guess they, you know, they because they're a Chinese company, I think. So they always have green tea and vanilla. And then they switch out a different flavor every month, next month or today, starting pumpkin. Not interested. But uh, I guess we'll have to go vanilla. Meanwhile, it was delicious. But the chocolate one is so much better. I like the chocolate. Because it's like not too chocolatey. It's kind of perfect. And they stuff it in the cream puff. It's good. So that was the other thing. Okay, so um, bumping mics, right. So uh, before we go, I mean, um, you know, we've been um, here for a while. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I hope you guys are liking the stuff at the Comedy Cellar. I'd like to do more of that because I have free time. So I hope nobody's disappointed in that. Um, it's kind of fun to do. I mean, it's a pain because I'm bringing my own equipment down there, but I don't care. I mean, again, what else am I doing? I just need activities, and i got to come up with something. So anyway, I was so excited. Um, the, you know, the, the TV Guide Fall Preview, as you know, is my favorite issue of all time. No, I don't get TV Guide anymore. I don't even know if they made TV Guide anymore, and I know they weren't making a Fall Preview issue, but they did. And I missed it. So I had to order it on eBay. And I was like so excited for it to come uh, that I, uh, I I was like waiting around like I used to for the old TV guides. I just wanted that fall preview. And the cover is the old school, like it says, fall preview 2019, you know, where they have all the stuff. It's not as good as it used to be because it doesn't concentrate on the networks. But you can't concentrate on the networks anymore. I was the last, this was the last podcast where we concentrated on the networks, but now... I don't even watch network television anymore, but uh, I thought I'd go over some of the new shows and tell you which ones we're going to hit. Now, last year I was wrong on that show, New Amsterdam. For some reason, I didn't think it was going to work. I don't know. I don't think it gets a lot of ratings, but they renewed it, so I was completely wrong. Uh, I've been watching the Brady Bunch on the HTV rebuild their house and stuff, and that's been uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, I've started watching the... Beverly Hills 90210 reboot where it's like a show within a show. 
Uh, but I stopped watching it because the ratings are going down so much every week that I assumed it's going to get canceled. So I stopped watching. So uh, I'm just going to go over a couple of the shows that are coming up this fall on uh, all the platforms. Now, first of all, Carol's second act. Now, I hate when they name a show like that. What was that? Uh, the New Adventures of Old Christine with Julia Louise Dreyfus. And that lasted a long time. But, you know, you know anybody that watched it? These are good shows when they come on at like, uh, you know, one in the morning on Channel 11, you know, locally or something. I sometimes enjoy watching that or, or something like that. But I hate when they do this stuff. This is Patricia Heat. This is her like fourth show. I don't know what the thing is about this woman that people like. I hated Everybody Loves Raymond. I watched that show younger. And just before a new episode comes on, I got to sit through the last minute of Everybody Loves Raymond. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think this girl is that great. And now they're giving her another show because, listen, why wouldn't you? She was also in the middle, which I never saw. And that show was popular. So this girl is a proven entity. I just don't care. And I think it also bothered me because my friend Mike Royce, who used to produce Everybody Loves Raymond and then you know, now does uh, One Day at a Time with Norman Lear, he was like, oh, Patricia, you're so funny. And I'm like, shut up. She's not funny. I don't know why. Just like, you know, he's he's drinking the Kool-Aid over there. I don't need to see another show with Patricia Heaton, all right? That's all I'm saying. And Mixed-ish, you know, that's uh, the Blackish, uh, you know, prequel or something. Something like that. That's, uh, I guess that'll, I don't know, it's on ABC. And I guess it'll probably do fine because Blackish is good. And then apparently it changed. People got angry. I don't know what happened. Um, then there's a show called Back to Life, which is on Showtime, which is coming up in October. And it's about a girl that uh, got home for prison for, after 18 years for a crime she didn't commit. That could be interesting. That could work. You can't judge the Showtime ones, you know, or any of those. You don't know whether they'll be back. The network's always just, you know, it's you're either in or out. Then there's this Bob Abishola. I don't even know. It's on CBS. They... It's about a guy, I guess it's got, like, he falls in love with his, uh, like, a patient, like a, a, a nurse, like a Nigerian nurse. It actually doesn't look that bad. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that's going to last for some reason, at least another season. I don't know. I don't know why. Then there's a show called Perfect Harmony with some guy named Bradley Whitford. I'm supposed to know who he is. He's from the West Wing, I guess. And it's on a Thursday night NBC. They're trying to hit the Thursday night NBC again. Uh, you know, they're always going to try and make that happen. It's called Perfect Harmony. And it's about a guy who's down on his luck like Dave Jusko. After his wife's death, the former music professor is ready to end it all when he stumbles into a choir rehearsal at a small town church. This is going nowhere. Perfect Harmony. <sighs> I mean, right? Come on. It ain't going anywhere. But then there's a show called Dollface, which is with that um, girl uh, that I like from Two Broke Girls. Uh, what's her name? Uh, you know, the the blonde, uh, Kat Dennings. And uh, Brenda Song from uh, the Disney Channel. I'll watch that show. I don't know what it's about, but it's like a bit of dating or something. It's on Hulu. I don't have Hulu, but I'll find it. It starts in November. Dollface. Hey, hey. And, uh, you know, it's a show with hot girls. Why wouldn't I watch it? Why wouldn't I watch it? Um, then there's a cartoon on Sundays, a new one called Bless the Hearts. Uh, 
just looks absolutely horrible. I mean, it's with, uh, uh, you know, the the one that everybody likes uh, from Saturday Night Live, Kristen Wiig or something. It just looks bad. It looks just like King of the Hill, so I just don't care. It's not the family guy, uh, really, at this point, I don't care. There's a show called The Misery Index on TBS, which is driving me crazy because I keep getting the feeling it's going to take away my Big Bang Theory time, and it's with those idiots from... Um, what what's it called the the impractical jokers I, I hate that show i hate those guys so anything they put on tbs that takes away from nonstop big bang theory is just i don't want it so i don't know it just looks really bad um i don't know what to say i know they've got a first wife all black first wives club on bet smart move um Oh, Sunnyside on NBC takes place in uh, where Memo lives uh, <laughs> with that guy from uh, Harold and Kumar go to uh, White Castle. Um, I think that'll be off the air within 20 minutes. That is my my prediction. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. The Unicorn, which is on CBS. I have no idea what that's about. I cannot figure it out for the life of me. I know it got high ratings when it aired this past Thursday, so I guess it'll last a second season. They're bringing back, once again, kids say the darndest things, but this time with Tiffany Haddish. Who doesn't like Tiffany Haddish? She's terrific. You guess it'll work. It's on Sundays at ABC. They love that little time slotted, you know. That could work for a season or whatever. I don't know. Uh... Bluff City Law, I can't wait for this to be canceled. It's a stupid title, and even though it's with uh, the adorable Jimmy Smits, I say it goes nowhere. Thank you. I don't even care what it's about. And then All Rise, oh, they've just been premiered. What is that? It's uh, Obviously, it's, uh, it's about a judge. They've tried this a hundred times with that. Uh, remember that comedy one with that hot uh, Kate Walsh, which I actually really liked, and that was canceled. And I guess this is an hour-long one. Um, so I don't know. I guess it could work, but it's just it's a stupid title. So I, 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 don't, I, I don't see it happening. Do you? Prodigal Son with uh, Mar- Michael Sheen looks really good. That's, um, you know, on Fox, it's already started where he's like a Hannibal Lecter. And his son is like, a, I guess, a detective or something or something like that. And uh, that looks very entertaining. I think that could be okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually seeing The Politician because it has Ben Platt in it. And Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't care about her, obviously, but I do care about Ben Platt. Even though he's not singing, I have to give it a try because the guy is an amazing actor. This stump town with this idiot Colby Smothers, who or what, Smolders, whatever her name is, I don't, I don't know where she keeps getting work. I don't know why. My sister said it was really good, but I don't see it happening. I'm, I'm going to make a list. I'm, I'm going to check these off, and then we'll see uh, in December or January what happens. Uh, that looks stupid. Nancy Drew on CW. I already have my uh, DVR set for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's hot, so I'll watch that. And CW keeps everything on. And then there's one called Oma's Family with that Britney Snow, which I always like, but it's got Timothy Hutton in it, and he's stupid, even though uh, we make fun of him in the Cars movie. 
Um, and it's about, I think it's a, based on that guy who was a fertility doctor and he got all these, you know, he has all these babies with his thing. So it's a kind of a good premise and it's on Fox on Wednesdays, but I don't see it lasting uh, at all. Thank you. That's my take on that. Um, Modern Love, which is on Prime Video. I don't even know how you see that. Is that Amazon Prime? Is that the same thing that's on uh, with with Turbocharger? Is going to be? It's got Tina Fey, Anne Hathaway, and Catherine Keener and John Slattery. I mean, how can you miss? Looks like fun. Evil on CBS. They premiere that all the time. That that one, you know, Constantine didn't work, or it did. These last about two seasons, and then they go off. And I liked that show, Constantine, a lot. So I give. I guess it'll maybe last two seasons. Uh, it's on CBS on Fridays. It's, uh, it has to deal with uh, football, so it'll probably be canceled. But, you know, football does so well on Fox that, you know, they have to put something on, so it'll definitely last a season. Um, then, then there's this thing I was reading about, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. It's on Netflix, and they just take some of her songs. It's like eight episodes, and they take eight of her songs and make a story about it. I mean, it sounds stupid, but Dolly Parton is the coolest of cool, uh, so I'm okay with that. And it obviously is what it is. They're probably making it like a Hallmark movie. So all I say to that is it's really smart. That's a smart idea. And is there anything else? We're just breezing. Oh, The Watchmen on HBO. They're redoing it on HBO, I guess. I'll definitely be watching that. I saw the, you know, I read the comic book back in the 80s, saw the movie, which was not good, and I'm reading the sequel to the Watchmen right now in comic book form. So I'm all in on that. And they finally are doing the thing where I guess Robert Redford's going to play Nixon. Is that the plan? I guess. Cause remember the premise was always, this is what got me to read the Watchmen. The premise was that we win Vietnam and Nixon's elected for a third term. Uh, so, you know, that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. Is that it? Is that good enough? I'm going to do a little fall preview action. Emerge. Oh, here we go. Emergence. ABC on Tuesdays. After a plane crashes in a small town, uh, please, uh, a girl with amnesia discover hiding in the... It, this is going nowhere. No. No. Emergence. I'm just telling you. Mark my words. It's canceled by December. Creep show. They're bringing that back. I don't even know it now. I've never even heard of the Shutter Network, but can't go wrong with that. Batwoman. On the CW network, that'll definitely last because they just don't cancel anything on the CW network. Everything lasts at least two seasons. So that's it. And let's see. And we'll just make, we'll put a little bookmark in it and we will see if I'm right about any of this stuff. Um, Not that it matters anymore, but I just, oh man, I miss that old school fall preview where they just go through all the stuff, but there's so many platforms. I can't even keep up anymore. It's messed up, man. So anyway, let's, um, what are we talking about here? We're talking about, I need to come up with a plan for myself. Uh, I'm thinking I, I, I need to do a podcast, an additional podcast. I'll never not do this one. Um, but an additional one that, 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 uh, that does something that people want to hear. I, I don't know. I was thinking uh, I got one called How to Build an Ark. And so it's just you have to listen to the podcast so you can build an ark for uh, when the apocalypse happens. 
That sounds like something people want to know about. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to come up with something that people want to hear. We can get a sponsor. It's not a bad idea. I got to come up with something. I got to, I got to, I got nothing to do but to do these podcasts, right? So, so why am I doing it a week in advance? Because I'm actually busy Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Maybe not Saturday. And then, you know, Sunday is football. What are you going to, you know, I'm screwed until February again for that Sundays. But it's been going well in the sense I haven't been getting depressed. I've been getting out of the house doing that show. That five o'clock show is saving my ass. Um, so even though it was like kind of down this week, it was a little depressing because uh, like all my friends weren't there because that's what I that's the problem. I'm not good on stage when my friends aren't around. I like playing not just that they have to see me. They just want to know that they're there and we're all together and the social aspect of it is what makes it fun and me funnier. And this is why I probably wouldn't be good on the road by myself. I like the companionship of all these people I'm meeting and my old friends too. And that's why, you know, I'll probably be good at bumping mics because these are my friends. I'm going to be happy. And um, it's Dave and Jeff, you know, and Rachel. How can you go wrong? So I'm probably, I'm sure I'll do a good job there and hopefully they'll be happy. And it's a kind of a big test on the... Thursday and Friday is a very big test for me, so I'll let you know what happens uh, next week, of course. Obviously, I'll keep you apprised, but yeah, I got to come up with something to do. Otherwise, it's, uh, I mean, at least I have these things to do with comedy, which is good, but I need to get some more activities, so doing like a double podcast, why not? You know, we're just not doing anything, but for now, we'll just keep what we're doing, I guess, and uh, see where that leads us, right? can't think of anything else we have to do today. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that the, the movie's 84 minutes, so, like, you know, we're doing it at the New York Comedy Club, and, uh, you know, Amelia's just like, well, you know, the problem is we got to get you out. You need, you need, like, three hours because your movie's so long, you know? And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? The movie is what it is. I mean, it is. So, you know, because I wanted to have like a show with stand I mean, I'm still doing that. I'm still doing, you know, have a couple stand-ups and, you know, then show the movie. And then I wanted to do stand-ups after. But by that time, I'm sure everybody would just want to go. But I guess I have to charge like five bucks at the door and you have to do a two-drink minimum. But <laughs> I don't know. And then, like I said, we're trying to do one in L.A. But is that worth it? Do I even? Does anyone care? I mean, I know you guys care, but you're going to. You know, I have to see it. I don't mean to charge every. I hate it, but I have to. It's. I mean, I just have to in this case. You know how I hate charging everybody. I mean, I just wish I could do everything for free. I just don't care. But for this particular thing, I have to charge because um, it'll just make me feel better that it seemed like it was all worthwhile somehow. So I'm sure you can understand that, right? Anyway, I don't know what we're uh, doing next week uh, but yeah I'll probably do a couple more podcasts in the cellar have some interesting people on and uh, I don't know I guess we'll see what the coming weeks bring the night fly but uh, thanks for listening today I hope it was a listenable podcast for you and have a, a lovely beginning of your October everybody and I'll see you next week I'll the light fly. Good night, everybody.